2: All right, my show, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, has hit 1 million podcast downloads because of you. This is huge. That means we're in the top 5% of all podcasts among listeners. I want to thank you for listening to the show and supporting what we do. Iron sharpens iron. On this show, we dive into the most pressing news of our time. It's not easy, but it's necessary. Providing insightful commentary and a heavy dose of fact-based truth. We cover criminal justice, politics, social justice, policy, and how racism affects us all. Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Richie on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you are subscribed to our show so you don't miss an episode and don't forget to rate us with five stars. Now that we've reached one million podcast downloads, let's get our show to number one in the podcast charts.
0: Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com/helpingfriendly to learn more.
2: I'm Hello everyone and welcome to the
1: Helping Friendly podcast. I'm Megan. I'm here with RJ and Jonathan, and our special friend is back. Hi, Brian.
2: Hi, Megan. Hi, RJ. Hi, Jonathan. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing great.
3: Great. Just, to see you here.
1: Yeah, all the smiles. We're trying to like keep our faces okay. We're just so happy, <laughs> Brian, that you're here. It's nice to hear your voice. It's great to see your face. And we're so happy you're here today to talk to us about twelve, ten, ninety-four. But before we get into that, RJ, we had a lot of fun last night.
0: Yeah, it was great. We had Osiris Live at the Ardmore Music Hall. We had an amazing band. Um, these guys put on a, a show that I think we described it as sort of playing in the style of Fish 97, and it, it, it delivered on that. Um, we had a conversation up front, uh, Megan and Benji and Tom and I, about 97, and yeah, this band was great. Um, there there were great, great vibes. Everyone had a blast. It was really, really fun.
1: Yeah, it was so great. We had a really nice conversation, like you were saying, RJ, at the beginning. And it was funny to ask Benji a question that was like, you know, anyone else would have answered, like in this very like linear, like short way. And Benji just went on this like epic tale and it was just so awesome and like somehow referenced like everything amazing in this in this answer. And then we got to hear some really great stories from Tom too. So it was a really special night for me and just really fun and great crowd. So thanks, everyone who came out. It was so much fun dancing. I got to see Benji Eisen's dance moves in person. So it's pretty <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah, it was really fun. Was like thanks, thanks Megan, for for moderating and interviewing and being part of that. It was great.
1: Yeah, it was really fun. I'm pretty tired today because I had a really rough drive back from Philly this morning at 6 a.m. Uh, I would sorry. not advise that. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely advise taking the train that would have been a lot smarter. That's crazy. It's okay.
0: yeah. Um, well, thanks for, thanks everybody for coming out and for streaming it. Um, okay. So Brian, how are you?
2: I'm doing very well. I'm, uh, I've missed you all a lot. Uh, every time I listen to fish, I'm like, who am I going to talk about this with? And then, I think about all of you guys. And so I'm really, really glad to be be back here and uh, talking about this show with you guys. I had not listened to this show before this weekend. It's like one of the few Fall 94 oh, man. shows I've never listened to. So oh, this, was, this was all wow. brand new to my years and kind of made me think about the end of Fall 94 in a different way. I'm excited to talk about it
3: incredible well brian i want you to know that if you are listening to fish and there isn't a podcast coming up that you can join you can always just call me and talk about it it's fine we can just go
2: deep this is a good call this is a very good call i spent i spent a lot of the last couple of months uh at this uh open space park just north of where i live with my two dogs listening to podcasts about uh, modern China. So that, that's where my headspace was at uh, the last Aww. couple of months, which has been, you know, slightly different than fish. But, you know, still there's layers, there's depths, there's theories, there's uh, lots of ideas about things that you probably are wrong about. And that, you know, really brings you back to the experience of being a fish fan and being a fish podcaster.
1: Only you could make a connection between modern China and <laughs> all 94 fish. So thank you, Brian. We've missed you.
3: <laughs> fish fans can be pretty dictatorial, actually. It makes, <laughs> makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. yeah. You just get
2: replaced, you get, you get uh, canceled from the party. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be back with you guys, though. It's really
0: great to have you back. Um, Megan, what, what are we talking about today?
1: Today, we're talking about 121094 from the Civic Auditorium in Santa Monica, California. And this is the end of the Fall 94 tour.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is our last
1: show of this tour, which is crazy.
0: It's amazing. This is, it's, I'm I'm surprised you haven't heard it before, Brian, before this, because this is, well, it has my, one of my favorite endings of any, of any fish show. Um, That's partially why I, I love this show. But I mean, this is a, you know, 94, Jonathan, you saw your first, show on this tour right a couple months before yeah like like right at the beginning of this tour what i mean we've talked about this a lot you did too on fall Mm -hmm. yeah so we talked about this a lot on undermine especially as we got into those 94 shows including the best one that jonathan was a guest for um what brian this is like you know, a pretty monumental year for Fish. But as you were listening to this show for the first time, like where what, what's the context here for you just in terms of the end of this, this pretty big, big year?
2: I was thinking about it a lot just in terms of like where the band is at at this point in time. And, you know, we talked at the start of this year, we did a big episode about the making of Hoist and how much pressure was put On that album and on the album rollout and the fact that so much of the spring tour, they were pushing these songs from Hoist and it really felt like this moment of, all right, we've built up this following. Can we make this something that leads to somewhat of a pop crossover around the same time that Blues Traveler, Dave Matthews Band are making these pop crossovers? Can we still be this band that we are, but have some pop cultural appeal? I think we'd all agree that that never really happened. Um, Although I swear by the Down With Disease video. um, And, you know, the next year the (laughs) band is going to only grow in terms of like the venues that they can play and in terms of the amount of crowds that they can draw in. The ability for like Fish to become just like second nature band name in pop culture probably isn't ever really going to happen going beyond this point. But there's at the same time, while that's not – necessarily happening the way that I think that they had initially planned it out or envisioned it, um, they're developing and they're evolving musically at like almost a faster rate than they would have commercially. And if you think about this tour, this is really where they jump off the deep end. You know, all these experimentations that have happened in 93 and in spring 94 Think about the bomb factory. Think about aspects of August 93. It's all kind of blown wide open with, you know, the Bangor tweezer, the Minneapolis David Bowie, the Bozeman tweezer. There's a simple from a couple shows before this that goes just out of, you know, completely out of this world. And so they're at this point where like they've accomplished so much, but then you think about the next year to two years of their career and that evolution is only going to continue. And that evolution is only going to continue to blossom to where, RJ, you're talking so much about fall 1997 over on Undermine right now. So they're at this very interesting point where like they're still kind of a small band. They're still kind of like a secret, but they're evolving and they're growing um, on like a show-by-show basis.
3: Also really
1: interesting – oh, go ahead, Jonathan. I was just going to add really quickly that funny Dave Matthews band – Opens up for them at this show too, right? Because <laughs> right. they are having some commercial success, more than Fish. But then they're the opening act at this show. Just interesting. It,
3: this is that uh, West Coast effect for both mm-hmm. the groups, right? So they can totally. they can double up. Yeah, and that's true. Sell this room, but I I was going to mention that as well. But also in you raised a, that point about them trying to develop that commercial cachet, uh, if you will that. Uh, commercial appeal, and if they had succeeded in that, I wonder if they would have accomplished the sort of growth that they did in the the following year. Given the, you know, that at least a good chunk of that growth is certainly attributed to deadheads moving over and yeah. so forth, which yeah. might not have happened had they been you know kind of co-opted by the media the way dave matthews and blues traveler had because those bands i mean dave matthews definitely kept growing through that time frame but they grew differently and uh i i wonder how that would have gone for fish we don't have to know though fortunately because we have this we have this band instead
1: yeah, maybe they would have been too much of sellouts to get the deadheads over there. So I'm saying. It would have changed <laughs> so much, right? Yeah. Yeah. It really would have changed their trajectory. That's you know, fascinating. Get
3: that. We're going a motor.
1: Totally. <laughs> well, I, I
2: mean, you do wonder in a sense, because like
1: mm-hmm.
2: a lot of the music that they play in the fall, and then especially when you they come back in June, you know, post Surrender to the Air, the blob sessions, they're they're going to play music that we've talked about a lot is it's really challenging. It's not immediately appealing from a listening standpoint. Like you have to really sit with it and absorb it and try to rationalize, like, why is this music being played the way that it's being played? Why is it so loud? Why is it so angular? Why is it so kind of demented in areas? And unless you're someone like, I think Jonathan, you share my affection for summer ninety five in a lot of cases. Like I love when they go in that in that uh direction. If you don't Do love it, it it presents a ton of challenges from like a, I'm gonna pay 30 bucks or whatever it is to go out to this concert and try to enjoy myself. Why is this band basically yelling at me for 45 minutes <laughs> out of this like three minute long song called Tweezer? all of that stuff is obviously going to lead to larger successes for the band. And they're kind of right in the middle of testing the waters and we'll get to this. But like one of the things I found fascinating about this show is it really moves in the opposite direction of that. This, this show is, I wrote my first note of it with uh, about this show was the joyful clarity of 1994 fish. Like there's nothing to disturb you from the majority of this show. This, this show is just like, it's like fish as a bell it's just it's clear it's beautiful it's fun it's energetic and like there's something really pure about that
3: this is exactly what i think of when i think of fish i was listening to this today and i was like this is what fish sounds like in my brain now sometimes it sounds like that other stuff but that's me um but this is that 1994 uh it's not even as deep as the live one, uh, a live one, except for, you know, one song that com- is on a live one uh, yeah. from the show. And uh, it's just perfect.
1: I think that's also because, Jonathan, for you and I, this is like when we first saw them. So for me, right. I felt the exact same way. Whenever I listen to Fall 94, I'm like, that's Fish. That's who I fell in love with. Like That's the band that I saw it changed everything for me. Like that's the energy, that's the tightness, that's the composition, that's the humor, that's the like engagement with the audience. Those are the things that they're just like nailing in this tour. And it's definitely in the show too. You can hear that for sure. It's silly, it's sharp, it's tight, it's fast. It's, yeah, I agree.
0: It's got everything but 40 minute jam. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so in between October 7th and December 10th, by my count, they played 48 shows in two basically in like nine weeks, which makes no sense whatsoever. They they played like you know, I mean, that's, that's a lot of shows in a very short period of time, just three, five,
3: five shows a week, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, they were, yeah, it seemed like a they were playing work. every every day. Um, and then they so, like, obviously, the the September I mean, the October shows happen, and there's like, there's some improv and you know there's stuff in those those shows including the ones that that you guys saw um but then halloween happens and then like the two days after halloween they go and play one of the one of the best tweezers of all time like in maine and then they just kind of keep pushing the improv um throughout the throughout november but i just don't i mean i can't believe that they did this huge halloween show and covered the entire white album and then like just kept pushing forward and and got even better. I mean, I I would, I I just can't believe they didn't die of exhaustion. It's insane.
2: (laughs) They kind of learned their lesson a year later and take a 10 day break following Halloween in Chicago, where it's like, all right, we put in all this work to learn this new album. We just played this three hour or three set show. Um, We kind of deserve, you know, a week and a half off to just recharge get the inspiration back for something other than the who in 95 the Beatles in 94 but yeah I think they they maybe took a week off in this tour I, I don't know I don't have the dates up in front of me but there was a slight break before the Kent State shows if I recall correctly
3: yeah like around Thanksgiving or
0: whatever wasn't it yeah, uh, yeah. is it Thanksgiving I, I the whole day Yeah. Yeah. There was a little bit of a break. Yeah.
2: Yeah. From 11.4 to 11.12, they didn't play any shows. So they they played those shows right after, which is cool because you get the bang or tweezer effect. But then you get like a slight little off the road and then they come right back and that 11.12 show was officially released. It's got an amazing Down with Disease. It's got one of the best Harry Hoods ever played. It's just a killer, killer show that kind of feels run of the mill of November, December, 1994 in the best way possible.
1: Yeah, my first show is two days later on the 14th. And yeah, Travels. they were just firing in DeVos Hall, Grand Rapids. Mm,
2: yeah. 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 I mean, show. they were just
1: firing like on all cylinders. And I think they've been doing that for like two years at this point. You know, planning yeah. like insane huge tours, just epic tours. So I feel like they were they were used to it. And also they have to be super energized. I mean, they've they're heading towards headlining MSG, right? The end of the well, month. that's another
2: thing I was right. thinking about just in terms of like the context of where this show is, is they're about to play MSG three weeks from now. But then they're kind of going to take their first extended break. I think this is the fir- 1995 will be the first spring since 1988 where they haven't gone out on the road for a spring tour. Wow. They're just going to be right. at home writing songs. In the studio. Recording, in yeah. the studio. And in the Recording studios. Billy Breeze. And then, like 1995, it's not like that's going to be a light year. They're going to play a fall tour that goes from September into December. Um, I don't know. It's just it, it's it's an interesting point for them where like they've achieved so much. They're about to take a very well earned kind of first extended break here, um, unless you count fall 1993. But they were spending so much time recording Rift during that period in time, or recording Hoist, uh, excuse me but like they're going to take this kind of time off. Trey's going to have a kid. Um rather Sue's going to have a kid. Trey's going to be there and be a father for the child. Um but you know, ready and then they'll for, come back in so, Yeah, right, exactly. Uh and then they'll come back in the summer and you know, they'll continue to build upon all this craziness that they found throughout the fall.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild. So where well, what do you guys think as a closer, how do you feel like this this show does i think it's great
3: like as i said it's got kind of everything you want and expect from a band this band at this time except for maybe a big long jam but the set list is good Uh, the performance is good the stash is outstanding um even though it's still like 11 minutes you know it's not but that's 94 I, i did another podcast recently about um uh, 1994 stashes um, and you know that's they could completely slay this song throughout the year and they managed to do it in very little time uh very efficient um it's got antics it's got uh you know Beatles covers little fishman okay it's got they're the same thing in this case and i mean <laughs> w- what what more do you want um, I think it's an outstanding outstanding closer to the tour
2: I think it's interesting i so I think you're you're right. I think it's got everything but that twenty minute jam, and like that twenty minute jam is the butt for the air and for the tour. but I think something that you were saying earlier, Jonathan, that really struck me when I was listening to this like so my first tape was 11-17-1994. and the first set of that show is good i mean it's got a really cool four bins but like outside of the four bins vibrational life it's just a fall 1994 set one and that's not in any sort of way a knock on it. like they were at a point in this in their career where they could just play a show like this where we're just gonna play the songs and we're just gonna play them really well and they're gonna have a lot of energy and they may not completely go off the rails and it's gonna be awesome to listen to there's there's no There was no point where I was listening to the show yesterday and I wasn't really enjoying myself and I wasn't uh, just blown away by the musicianship. My biggest takeaway was this feels like a show for the band and their crew more so than for the audience. They've already given the audience everything the audience could ever want over the last nine weeks or however long they've been on tour they've already tested themselves they've already tested the audience's patience they played the entire white album with two other sets of fish around it um there's so many they, killer shows They had that
3: whole run with uh jeff Mosier.
2: they did the, yeah, doing yeah.
3: The bluegrass yeah. stuff yeah um, that's what i bluegrass,
1: saw yeah yeah, they've the, got, yeah they're doing the like acoustic mini sets
2: Acoustic mini sets. There's the two shows that they released like 15 years ago from 11:30 and 12:01 that are just absolutely insane. And it's like they dropped LSD on the CDs that you got back then, and like you're just brain exploded when you listen to this. Like 25 minute antelope, crazy segues, like a my Suite one jam, like just insanity. This show doesn't feel like they're trying to lay everything out of the line. It feels like a band that is really satisfied at the end of the tour. They want to play one final show. So they play a lot of stuff that is pretty reliable. Nothing really challenges them. Nothing really goes off into the danger zone outside of like you mentioned, the stash parts of the week groove. But none of that's a detriment. Like none of that is to say that they played a, mailed-in show in any sort of way. They just played a really fun tour closer.
3: I, I can't imagine anyone walked out of that show
2: disappointed.
1: No, because yeah. it's also 94. We had different expectations then.
2: Nobody right. had Twitter. You couldn't be mad. No, yeah. Well, nobody was...
3: There was not like a high chance that you're going to get a 20-minute jam out of Fish in fall 94. Yeah. Yes, they no. happened. No, they did not happen on the regular. They were the they were the exception to the rule
1: and not what people were necessarily like rating shows being good or not on, you know, it was like, you could go to a show, like this is what most of the shows were like. So this is what people expected. I also think we just didn't have as many expectations. We were young, you know, the band was new to a lot of people that were in the audience every night. So it was, it was different, you know, so different now. Yeah. Or worse.
0: <laughs> yeah. And this this show starts the the fee rift stash. I mean, it's just so like we we've, we've said you know so fast and tight and like Jonathan that stash is about eleven minutes, but it it does get out there and they're they're really ninety four. They're sort of perfected the tension and release in the in in these jams. Right. There's a lot uh, from ninety four. As, as you mentioned. I love this stash. Crazy.
1: This this stash is cool though because it has this like off kilter kind of descending, falling down note thing. It's just really cool how it like kind of breaks down and drops perfectly into the end of the song. I love this stash. It's yeah, they're like getting places quickly. It's cool.
0: Yeah. The well, other the the rest of that set though, to Brian's point, it's sort of like it's fine. Like Lizard, Sample. I mean, Divided Sky is great, but there's, there's a long pause there. I think there. you're underselling it with five. Okay. I think it, okay. it's it. good. Sell it,
2: <laughs> sell it appropriately.
0: Good.
3: Lizards is perfectly played Lizards. It's beautiful. Solo is great. Piano solo is great. Sample and Jars, 1994, rock, you know, being done, great. Divided Sky is beautiful, perfectly played, perfectly paced, not exceptionally long break or anything, you know, out of the ordinary, but it is just standard great and, you know, can't hate it. Long boy, fine, good, you know, Paige gets up and sing, sweet. Chuck does torture, rocks, you know. All right, set break. <laughs> I mean, but that's it, 94.
2: It, no, yeah. yeah, and it brings up an interesting point of like, you know there's a lot of bands that you listen to where you like can you know what their sound is and you talked about this earlier Jonathan that like when you he, when you think of fish in your head if you don't have any music playing you hear Fall 1994 Fish. And the Pretty much. thing that makes Fish so fascinating is that sound is not the sound of fish. That is just the sound of one point of fish, but it does sound like fish. The thing that we love about Fish is that they take those sounds and then they screw around with them and figure out what else is there. And what else is there may be surprising to them. It's probably surprising to us as a listener. And that mixture of the familiar and this kind of dangerous risk-taking is what draws a lot of people in. But at the end of the day, they got to play these songs. They wrote these songs for a reason. And this is the period where they're playing these songs, I would argue at the best, like even a year later, they're trying to figure out how to make these songs work in an arena environment. So you get some of them that sound really maximalist. You get areas that are emphasized versus other areas that are not. This is just fish. You can almost make an argument at this era or like during this period was meant to play in theaters forever. That like their sound just perfectly Mm -hmm. matches that environment of like a sweaty theater that like the sound is really nice. It it works really well. Everything's balanced out really nicely and they don't have to work to like fit their sound to an arena. They're just coming out on stage. It's, it sounds like it's just like plug and play, which it's obviously not, but that's like the appeal you get from listening to it.
0: Yeah, you guys sold it appropriately. I mean, it, Divided Sky is <laughs> like an, a long pause, which, you know, is great. And that like really... It takes up a lot of real estate in the first set, which my wife would be happy about. That's like her favorite song to hear. But you know, that's that's a you know fifteen sixteen minutes of uh, of of rock, which is which is great. But yeah, it's it was fun, and I'm, I I chose the show, so I should be defending it more. But I'm actually just trying to get you guys to defend it. <laughs> I, and also, I want to say this:
3: the venue, just so we're you know on the same page here. Brian's talking about theaters. It's called Civic Auditorium. It's a three thousand seat concert venue. I mean, it's perfect for that band at that
1: Beautiful. time. Mm, so nice.
0: Were the these a
1: really fun opener too?
0: Were those? Yeah. The, yeah. Were were those sm- smaller or bigger than where you guys saw them? Three thousand.
1: I th- that I was think a little bigger. I think mean, mine was like two thousand.
3: I think mine was a little bigger. It was a small basketball. It's I mean it's the room that we just oh, saw Goose and Trey in in Fairfax. Yeah, yeah. Formerly the got Patriot it. Center. Got it. Is it, got an got auditorium
2: it. a theater or are these different things? I thought an auditorium, I, I, an auditorium, I like auditorium like is
3: small. that room, the theater shaped room that we used to go to in in school when they would have an assembly.
2: <laughs> there you go. The once we stopped, room. once it's we kind of got to the bigger school,
3: school and stopped going to the cafeteria for assembly, you
2: never made it to the assembly though. Don't lie. You always just cut off a In high hallway school. And, Not you know, too
3: many. No. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: yeah, mine was like a theater. Mine was a theater, you know, it was where I went to see like Broadway shows and stuff.
0: Okay. So, all right. Well, I have, I have something interesting for, for those people watching. Um, if anyone, if anyone would like to see um, what the place looks like, I can do we that.
1: wait.
0: We can't wait. Can't wait. I don't think you have that technology. I can't wait. Oh, dude! I'm, I'm doubting. Watch I don't this. Believe it. Watch. You'll see in a second. This is going to be awesome. Radio. Um. Yep. There it is. Watch this. Boom. There it is. There it is. Looks pretty shitty.
1: Yeah, I was expecting something <laughs> Actually, a lot more t- ornate. It looks yeah. like kind of like basic
0: industrial. Like,
1: yeah. It, it looks
2: like it was built in do you know do you have information on what year that was built? It was it was built, it it was built like in
3: nineteen fifty eight and it was designed by Walton Beckett. So well,
2: apologies to Mr. Beckett, but so I don't them, know how much design guy. went into it.
3: It was Walton. made of reinforced concrete and combined elements you of theater, concert that. hall, trade show and convention auditorium. So parabolic pylons support the exterior grand cantilevered canopy fronting a glass curtain wall. And uh, and then uh,
0: some foreign words that I cannot pronounce, so I won't try. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. There's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of concrete. Clearly, so there that story checks out. Yeah. Um, I right, mean,
3: see? my favorite venue of all time. It has an awful lot of concrete, and it hasn't ruined it at all. So,
2: I mean, I feel like concrete is essential to build a lot of these <laughs> venues. <maybe. laughs>
0: It would be hard to do without it. I mean, sure. if you want to outlaw
3: uh, concrete in concert <laughs> venues, then I'm going to be sad that I can't go back to Hampton. So
2: that would be well, tough. Would all
0: be right. Tough. So we want to. I mean, we're like on prefer a prefer
1: log cabins, but pro like, you know, we'll concrete. Concrete. If we have,
0: we're to. on on the search for the world's first concrete free music venue. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there. We'll do an Ozaris live from there. Can, can,
2: can I say <laughs> something about? Tour finales, just in general, because I was thinking yes. about
0: this. Do it because
2: you know my, my thought about this show is that it's it's a good show. I don't want to undersell it. I don't want to oversell it. I want to be right in the realistic zone. Um, and I was thinking about fish in tour finales. It's not really where they excel. And I went through from 1992 to today. There have been 58 tours. This is not counting New Year's runs or like the island tour, which was not a tour. It's a run. It's not counting like Vegas. So or anything like that, this is like a proper tour, like, you know, eight to 65 shows, whatever it is. It's 58 of those. I went through, there are 13 of those 58 that I would personally recommend to you or anyone to listen to. I'm not going to list through it unless someone debate or demands that I list through it all because I have it written down. But um, my point is more this band seems to excel like in that two-thirds to three-quarters mark of a tour where they really kind of know what the sound is that they're playing with. They know what the technology is that's working. You know, you got your or you've got your like wah pedal or you've got the clavinet, whatever it may be, you know. Um,
1: You're really good at that, Brian, that that sound. Yes, it's uncanny. I, yeah, it's like kind of practiced. weird that you can do it and you practice.
2: <laughs>
1: now um, we know what Brian does like in the shower. He's doing a <laughs> fishman effects. Like.
2: <laughs> um. But like, my point is like, you know, maybe you, the listener would say, no, there's actually been 18 really good ones, but there's been 26. I don't know the point is like, they don't knock the tour finale out of the park. They're not the band to be like, tonight's the last night of tour. We got to give everything that we've got because all these people have been paying to come to these shows. And if they walk away disappointed, they're going to think it was a bad tour. I feel like the band has closed out with a lot of like, okay shows throughout their, their history on a tour. And people have come back the next tour and they've never really hung that on the hat of like, you have to play a really great show on this last night. So to me, like kind of goes back to my thought about this show. This is a celebration almost of the band without as much concern that the audience needs to hear something. We're going to play the songs that you want to hear. We're going to play some really good classic songs, but we're not going to come out and try to like blow everyone's brains out because we're coming back in a couple of weeks and we're going to play a great new year's run with what some people may say is the best fish jam ever. Just like two weeks from now.
3: Some people I mean, say no, a not, lot of stuff. People do <laughs> RJ in particular. I just uh, said no. some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to dispute what you said. In fact, I, I might support it with this, which is to say, if you look back at 12, 9, 94, Mesa amphitheater, Mesa, Arizona, it's got a big old foam. It's got a big old tweezer. It's got a run like an antelope where they do the force theme from Star Wars in the jam and suck the Mm. deer shit from the side of this hole. (laughs) I mean, they were there's a blowing it out kind of set. Right. So um, plus they did uh, foreplay long time in the encore.
1: Yeah, this is kind of a sick show.
3: So that backs your position, I think, Brian.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to just just two quick things about tour closers to follow up. First of all, when you all hear this, um, you, those of you who are watching live, of course, tomorrow is the tour closer of Undermine Season 4 and of Fish's Fall 97 tour. So keep that in mind when you listen to uh, that podcast and the show. Um, <laughs> Brian, are your tour closer perspectives affected by your most recent tour closing attendance?
1: I was thinking att- attendance? the same thing. <laughs> I was thinking the same exact thing. Brian actually secretly hates sticks.
2: <laughs> partially,
3: not that, not that, not that, not that tour closer. Yeah.
0: I meant the closer. Alpine <laughs>
1: uh-huh. oh, Valley. Uh,
2: oh. oh man, that was a show. Every time I thought they had it, every time,
0: just slipped, just slipped out of just their hands. Slipped, just oh. slipped
2: right out of their hands. Well, Great seats, though. Great seats.
0: Let me ask a question about this because I think it's also like kind of like the New Year's run thing, you know, like the night before yeah. the night, like Jonathan, you were saying about the night before this and you know, like yes. the 30th is always, the it's best. always the best. I mean, it's always great. Until um, this year. Shut your yeah, mouth. Yeah, 30th is going to be just them just sitting it's on so stage. So ordinary. <laughs> no, it's, okay it's going to be
1: so I, good.
2: Can I ask you guys, why I have you here, um... Why do you think that that is... I mean, I've thought a lot about this over the years. Why do you think that that is, like, such a thing for fish? And also, like, in show business, how is that acceptable? And, and I just preface that by saying, like, it is one of my favorite things about fish. But, like, when you think about... to preface one other thing. Fish is not sports, okay? But... No, it's not. But... <laughs> If you're a professional sports team and you're competing at the highest level and you have this incredible conference championship game to get yourself to the Super Bowl, and you like you the Buffalo Bills, sorry, Lawn Memo, and you just crush it, like destroy your team. I think that they won one of their AFC conference championship games, like 58 to 3 or something. And then you lose in the Super Bowl. Nobody is like, Yeah, but the AFC title game, that was it. That was the game. Everyone's always focused. Because it's not on, about
1: winning and losing, Brian. No, everybody I know, and I, I, I want to get away from
2: like the sports me- metaphor. Because you're you're absolutely right. My point is just like in professional whatever to not hit it out of the park on the night that you're quote supposed to, but you're known for your best shows are always these random offshoot nights, maybe the <laughs> night preceding it. It's just such a crazy thing to put your to to hang your hat on. Why do you guys think that? that is like a part of fish and like their legacy.
1: I mean, I fish. don't think that they want that necessarily to be the way it mm. is. I think that's just the way it is because of yeah. things that, you know, we've talked about before, but just being that there's so much fussiness and extra preparation and technical shit that goes into the, the gag. And like, there's extra people around and it's, you know, it's like rehearsing. And it's just, there's a lot, right. Whereas the night before it's like, this is our last night to do whatever the hell we want. You know, and I think that also you can never really plan when these things are going to be like extra special.
2: Yeah, I agree with that fully.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. And um, I would say to your question about. When is this acceptable in show business or whatever? When is anything fish does acceptable in show business or whatever? You know what they, is
1: acceptable in showbiz anyway? Show business is crazy.
3: Yeah, well, you know, but like if you're in the touring company of Hamilton, every night is supposed to kill. The reality is not every night's going to kill, and it's not necessarily predictable which one is going to kill. But everybody should be walking out of there going, that was great. That's Whether so they know that the next night is better or not,
1: right? they don't but know. But it's scripted, so it's totally different because it's not improvisational. That's, that's right? true, it's true, but the energy, the energy
3: is not scripted. and Yeah, and, but energy,
1: you have to deliver at a certain level, right? If you're like a Broadway performer. Well, and that's, that's so kind of to at the that point. Level, right, but they're doing something Harder to create art that you're making up in the moment is harder. It's harder. But that's again,
3: that's my point: is that fish doesn't the rules of of entertainment don't apply to fish. Yeah, they they just make it happen. And I, I I think that you know, kind of to double down on what you said, Megan, about you know uh, the the night with the gag, the New Year's show, or the Halloween show, or whatever is. You know, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of other stuff built into that. And so the night before they're going into it with a none of that pressure on that moment, but also, mm. you know, the the opportunity to make sure this one is good too. Cause tomorrow's gonna be great. We're gonna have all the thing and the stuff and everybody's yeah. gonna walk out of there going, Wow. So tonight, yeah, let's just kill it. And so they do that said i i want to talk more about this show um uh, because i like it and i have more to say about the okay so we're not going to just 12, debate art and
1: sports we'll get back to it
2: <laughs> yeah. can, can i hear rj's
1: take here to
3: I, I,
0: yeah no before please set no it's okay <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just tired. I just I want no, to. I don't have much.
2: to I don't have much to add. This is one of my favorite things about about fish. So this is not like in any sort of way a slight. Like this is why I listen to this band.
0: Yeah. No, I understand. I mean, I. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything. I it, it, these are like the kind of things that are not. You know, there's no. We have no idea, right? We don't know anything. I mean, not that that should prevent us from talking about it, but I don't know. You know. Um, I do think they. I don't know. I think like the New Year's thing seems pretty self-explanatory in the way that that Megan described it but yeah I don't know I mean you'd think like I guess the thing that that this comment kind of makes me think about right it's like I don't know like I don't even think they know right
1: well it's they're just like it's magic the real secret it's is art. it's magic you know it doesn't happen with a formula it's it, some yeah. nights it hits some nights it doesn't some nights they wanted to hit and it does. Some nights yeah. they're just playing a fun show. Like, you know, there's so many variables that go into art like this and so much of it is also just, you know, magic.
3: Yep. Which is why the real we chase it. Paige only likes round numbers. So the 31st is not a <laughs> you really like boys playing.
1: Fuck. Jonathan, you so. supposed to tell people that. That's like the insider secret.
2: Well, and I think to one to a point you made, Jonathan, that I think is really important with, with regards to this is the fact that like they're doing something in show business that a lot of people wouldn't have the spine to do, which is walk on stage and allow things that we have no ideas, no idea that these things could happen to happen. A lot of people and a lot of artists and a lot of performers and entertainers have to go on stage with the knowledge that like, this is how things are going to go. Otherwise, we're not giving people the show that they have paid for. We're not giving them the show that they've expected. And to bring it back to this show, I can still do that. Something like the Week Groove that goes off the rails into this really yeah. weird, like kind of dystopian little jam segment that, to quote, Scott Bernstein from today's Undermine. It just goes on for one extra minute, but that extra minute is so, so, so important and so essential to the show. You have no idea what's happening and out of nowhere, you're kind of in a hold your head up jam, but you're not really in full hold your head up land. And then Fishman starts singing, why don't we do it in the road, which is just like one of the more obscure Beatles songs to bring back at this point in time. And then you're back in a full on hold your head up. I mean, it's just, it's the type of thing that, you know, it probably won't make a best of fall 94 playlist, but it will be the type of thing that when you hear it, you hear again, like those little snapshots of what makes fall 94 so remarkable.
3: It really does. Um, I, I mentioned it, I think earlier, the simple, which opens the set is the one that on a live one. Yeah. Um, the maze yeah, why do you is think they
1: chose this one. I think why it's think because it's
3: like one? a perfect standalone version. Yeah, as opposed to one that comes out of a mic song or whatever, which they did a number of those that way, they didn't have to put mic song. You get to the
2: slide down to yeah. to you get to slide down the the E string, and then like it fades out. I was listening to it yesterday. Yeah. There's like a slight pause before Maze starts up, and it's the perfect thing that if you're making the record, you just cut that, and then you're good.
1: It sounds clean. It's a really yeah. satisfying, simple too. There's like this like driving force to it. It's like galloping feel it's really really good it's
3: beautiful um i want to comment on the gaiuti because it is just beautiful chef's kiss and i saw the second one at the second show of tour at my which was my first show and you can hear the way it has come together on the stage of the course of these what did you say was rj 48 shows or something yeah yeah um it's Outstanding. It is really what this song just they nailed it. And then I think they kind of put it away for a little bit, but that's too bad. Uh but here I think they did a great job. And uh and then the set just rages, you know. It's a perf total, it's a total Mike's Mike's hydrogen weekapog. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. We want that. Got some Fishman poor heart, only just the one kind of poor art. And then uh Great Slave. Yeah. I mean, I mean not like you know, peak, write letters to your mom, kind of slave, but a really good one.
0: They they played Gaudi eighteen times in those forty eight shows, so they were they were really you know they were getting it's a lot of new ones. Yeah.
2: And if you just look back at the last ten days, they play at the twenty sixth, twenty eighth of November, the first, third, seventh, ninth, and tenth of December,
1: and then wow. we we'll play it again
2: on 12, 29, 94 before.
3: I think they wanted to put it on the record Hmm. and trying to get one. Yeah. Um, But then they, uh, they didn't mm -hmm. and they revisited it and revamped it a little before it, you know, came back.
0: Brian. There's a
2: strange part of me that wishes they would still play it this way. Like the pauses in it and the silence as they're going through it. Yeah. it just, I I can imagine it'd be really hard to play now, but like, that like slow buildup of the guitar before the lyrics come in. I was just like, I was kind of on the edge of my seat.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. a really I good feeling.
0: It. Yeah. Thank it's you. nuts. Um, Brian on the eleven twenty three ninety seven 97 episode of undermine, you guys talked about night, night to night repeats. And this is the twelve nine and twelve ten. 10 is, is one of them, but it doesn't happen very often. So you get these, like, I mean, if you're, if you're on tour, you're going to, you're going to see a lot of coyote.
2: Yeah, you're. I, I mean, this is a song that is in the regular rotation at this point in time. I wonder, because
0: it takes up a lot of set time. I know, I'm
2: Probably wondering, not. like, what people's thoughts were. Nobody complained in 1994. We've learned that already. People didn't start complaining until 2.0.
1: Also, were people <laughs> going to, like, tons and tons and, of shows? I didn't in say 1994? at all. I don't
2: know.
3: <laughs> yeah, there were definitely it, people who were doing I mean, big stretches lot. out there in 94. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get if you're doing 48 shows, there's a good chance that. You know, yeah. Not many people are going to see all of them. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you shouldn't it's do not that like now, I just, right? I think right. There's many you're...
0: reasons why you shouldn't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I do wonder what, what I that would was go back like in time and, and do it in a heartbeat. I wish I had.
3: I honestly, yeah, right? I don't regret not doing it, but I wish I had. I wasn't doing shit that fall, man. I should have been on fish tour.
2: <laughs> I guess I wonder. Like this is, you know, they didn't tour the fall prior. The two falls prior, they play uh northeastern college theaters run throughout um you know their their home turf if you will you hear all these stories about people who you know did their final or rearranged finals so that they could see as many december 1995 shows as possible same with 1997 94 and 96 is interesting though cuz they end the tours out west and so they go out west at that point in time to spread their fan base. But I wonder how many like show to show people there were going from, you know, if you look at just December, you're going from Salem, Oregon, Davis, California, San Jose, Chico, down to Santa Barbara, San Diego, Mesa, Santa Monica. Like you could do this if you're in college in California and just kind of go up and down the coast at that point in time. But you're not where you're probably not getting a lot of Northeasterners flying out during peak final season to go to these shows.
3: Again, no. I wasn't doing shit. I should have been there. <laughs> well, you yeah, should have
1: been in a van driving around, calling <laughs> fish.
0: Just if you ever, yeah, if you ever get to re, you know, redo that, pick me up. I was only fifteen, so I don't know. We'd have to make up that have been a weird. story, but
2: I was in fourth grade doing everything I could to get a cytogenesis. Like that's See all what I'm about. Sega
0: Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> we could pick
1: Brian we we could pick you up, corrupt you. <laughs>
0: Oh, Imagine all, in '94, all of us at different ages, and being like, generally, <laughs> I love
1: this. Just like Brian teenagers back, and like,
0: Brian's, <laughs> <laughs> Brian's in fourth grade.
1: Brian's in the back, like you know, eating a peanut butter and jelly. Like you know,
2: like. <laughs> I got to call my mom.
3: Megan and I, the adults in the room, yeah. which at that time, <laughs> we if charge. you looked at me and thought I was an adult, you were making mistakes.
1: I was wearing like bells on my ankles. Jonathan be driving. I'd be sitting shotgun because I'd be like the second oldest. So I'd get shotgun. RJ, you'd be in charge of babysitting Brian. It, it just makes so much sense. <laughs> That's so good. That's
2: so uh, good.
3: Can we get an animated version of this? Like I'm ready yeah. to like the pilot. Who, who got there? Where's our yeah, intro? who
2: can do this? I don't totally.
3: know. Can we just I do this really right in- now?
1: Perfect. I was like into smoking a lot of cigarettes then. So I could like, you know, Brian would like pack mm. my packs for me and then I could like smoke <laughs> cigarettes out the window. It'd be great. Pop our tapes okay.
2: in. I didn't we we my talk about my first this? cigarette until May of 2001. Oh, we could have <laughs> changed that.
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> see? <laughs> it could have really affected your life.
2: <laughs> I bought my first CD this fall though.
3: There you go. You want to know nice. what it was? It's,
2: it's, um, it's the CD of bargain bins right now. REM it, monster. It, it,
0: Oh, okay, oh, that's good. I think you've told me that before. I um, should have remembered. We talk about this encore. <laughs> <We should've. laughs> yeah, it's so great. Um, it's one this of my favorite fish moments. Um, and I remember having this tape, and really, like, this is the only thing about the show that really stuck out to me. So <laughs> there, there is a the u-
3: really unique bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, four shows four times played. They actually played it twice this Choctaw Storage Reprise twice in Deer- at Deer Creek two thousand, which so four shows they've played at the side. This is the first. And um it's just great. Like you, you said earlier, Jonathan, um, or maybe said you, Brian, about like playing for the crew and the and, and not the necessarily the fans. This is clearly the the capstone to that. And I just love hearing like the you know, the thank you to, to all the crew and the individual shout outs and and also like the Choctaw's Torture reprise is a great song. Um, so I, I feel like maybe they'll bring it back. I mean, it was last played in 2019. Maybe they'll bring it back. I like that. They sang Amy Skelton's name in it. Yeah. As
2: Choctaw's Torture. Yeah. That's yeah. that so good. <laughs> we really we used phenomenal. that to introduce her on episode one, season one of undermine.
0: We did it just fades oh, right fade. Yeah. That's very nice. That was, that was so fun. Um, have you, I love you had heard that. that
1: too? They're like, you had
0: heard that, Brian, poetry. though. But
2: yeah, this was the only part of this show that I'd heard, mm. and it was only because I was when I was first getting into fish. One of the first shows I was told I had to get was Deer Creek 2000, mm. mm-hmm. um, which is still, I mean, it's I think that's a brilliant show. Um, and then at some point, I think whenever the Relisten app appeared, I was going around just trying to figure out like setless oddities and going back and doing my due diligence. that didn't happen because I didn't trade tapes. Cause I was nine years old when these shows were happening. I um, excuse. Very, very lame. Seriously. Um, I didn't have an older brother. All right. I, Charlie I Kirkson would
3: have done a B and B for you. You just had to, you know, take the initiative.
2: I just, I just had to figure out how to email him at that point. Um, yeah. Do you guys love no, this as much as I do? I love it. Yes,
1: I Yes, like it's so, I think so great.
2: This song has such a special element because it's so rare, but I would not mind them ditching the rareness because the hook of this song is so... Like, this is an earworm. Every time you hear them, like, like the Deer Creek 2000 version where Fishman yells, like, Come on, everybody sing along! And then everyone comes in <laughs> with, Chalk, dust, torture! It's just you talk about like why this band couldn't have been a pop band. Like this is a fricking pop song.
3: Yeah. If they had ended the album with this,
0: it would have changed the world. Totally different. World. <laughs> been, we might not even be here. Not any of us. No, no. We would have uh, gone on motor. I got to say right. that We've um, been more hardcore. our friend, Matt Higgins <laughs> said that they, they did bust this out. Um, in, 2019, 12-8, 2019. It was, that was the first time played since that um, July 11th, 2000 show. So 524 shows. Um, I was looking at Small this gap. another another tour closer. This Charleston 19, 28 songs were played at that last Charleston show in 2019. It's a uh, lot it was of a
2: concert. Songs. It was a lot. I mean, it's a lot. Oh of songs. yeah,
1: it's a lot of songs.
0: Um, anyway, back to talked about this show before.
2: People have opinions about that
0: show. It's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. Well,
0: <laughs> as as a Chalk Dust Torture reprise uh, and, and encore, you know, that, that should give it something. Yeah. Slight cachet. Time. It
2: kind of needs to back. be in that encore slot, but I feel like this would be a really good show opener. Hmm. It would be kind of one of those mm. that, like, the play just lose its mind.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: Opening with a reprise. I mean, Fish has done that. I've seen it yeah. a couple of
1: times. So, it. why not? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Wow. Wow. All right. Now this well, is like a
1: good call for like my pick five for like the tour closer now. I feel like.
3: Yeah. I like uh, it. New Year's Eve set one slot one. Chuck dust torture. Boom. Reprise. CDT reprise. After you guys got the Chuck dust mm. torture on the 30th, we'll get the reprise the next night. All right.
1: If that's what you say, Jonathan,
3: I'm writing the set list now. You didn't know that. Oh right. <laughs> All
0: right. well, um. What else? <laughs> what else about this show?
1: Well, and then Any? the show ends with good times, bad times, which is just yeah. a great way to end the show.
0: Yep.
3: yep. Telling, I think.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> what do you guys think about? Like, they take two weeks off. They come back for the New Year's run, and I don't think they saw sound the next like show a, after this. You did. I don't think they sound like a different band, but they do. Like there is always that slightly different sound between a winter tour, fall tour ending, and the band that comes back for New Year's. Do you have any like? Obviously, we don't know, but any thoughts about like the subtle evolution that happens from this fall tour to the New Year's run, ahead of a six-month break leading into nineteen the nineteen ninety-five summer tour. I
3: think it has a lot to do with sleep and how much they've gotten. Um, I, mm. it, at least in this case, I think there are other years where there are bigger jumps or drop offs or what have you. Um, a lot of people I know in 97 were really disappointed by like the 1228 show after the fall mm. tour. Um, I don't think that 94's 1228 show falls off. Um, I think it, Really maintains the line more or less. Uh, if you compare it just to this show right here, and I'm pointing at my other computer screen. If you're, anybody watching is wondering, if you compare it just to this show, I think it might be a little, little more hype, a little hotter. But I don't think it's substantively different. I think other than they're just they're fresh and rested and ready to rip it up.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, this this year in particular maybe some 95 too. the, one of the interesting things to me is the disparity between like the, the, the jams and the not jams. Like there's really nothing in between, you know? I mean, there's like Reba, yeah. Reba stash. You enjoy myself divided sky are like always going to be third, you know, 10 to 13 minutes, but you're either getting like a bunch of six minute songs or you're getting like a 40 minute song.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. not like, there's not That's like jams
0: point. that are 15, 18. It's just like, it's like they're either all in or they're just like, Going, playing a rock show. I don't know. That's that ends in. I guess that sort of ends in '97, but um, I guess you see signs of it before then.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think they've had a lot of enthusiasm. I mean, this is a pretty big New Year's for them, right? They're going to go play in Philly, and then they're going to go, which they do an amazing job, and then they're going to go to New York and do the Late Show, and then they're going to do their first night headlining at MSG. It's a big, it's a big deal. They've got to be excited about that, and, like.
3: You skip the oh. most important part.
1: Oh, really? What was it? <laughs> I know. There was one night that I may have forgotten in a certain very small state where something- Some kind of, of, of us haven't happened. forgotten.
3: <laughs> but do carry on.
1: Yes. Okay. So Philly, Providence, then, then New York. But yeah, there was a lot going on. And I mean, I think that like they were probably excited about it.
2: I have another yeah. question for you all. Can yes. we stay for one more question?
3: I, I would like that. Maybe
2: my last question will lead to two more questions. So, you know, it's but, um, closed, so, you know. <laughs> um, there's always this like conversation around this period in fish history of like, when did they go from being this little secret that you kind of found out about by word of mouth and then you discovered other people either at shows or on the internet or at college to a point where like. By the end of the '90s, you know they're playing 80 to 100,000 person festivals, and while the pop aspect is no is is not even a part of it, but like they're 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 a bigger band, they're they're commanding more money, they're being written about in like Rolling Stone in ways that they're not at this point in time. As I was listening to this, I was kind of thinking that this is like the end of that because like two weeks from now they're going to play Madison Square Garden, they're going to play the Boston Garden, like that's how they're going to close out their year. A year prior, they closed it out with Portland, Maine and Worcester, Mass. Would you say that this is like the last show of Fish being this little secret? Or would you put that at like some other point in their history?
3: Everybody I knew was into Fish. When I got to college in 92, Fish and the Beastie Boys were the most played artists in the hall
2: in 92
3: in 92 wow well i heard I, we heard a lot of junta and check your head
2: interesting okay so
3: that's, like that
1: where i went to college i mean there was like a lot of us that like fish but we were definitely and i went in 95 we were definitely like the minority like we were like you know the weird little hippies
0: well i think okay so i think there's two different things first of all um the incredible perp says, "Miss Brian's final questions." Is,
1: so have there, we.
0: There's a reason why the the episodes that Megan and I do are like 38 <laughs> to 47 minutes, and and then when all four of us are here, you know, we're pushing an hour. That's how it goes. You need some final questions. So there's two. I think there's two separate things. One is popularity and like word of mouth, right? Which Jonathan is kind of what you're saying, but but to Brian's point, that like if you look at it by the numbers, it's almost certainly true. Like the next. Uh-huh summer they start playing starting with the Boise State show at six seven ninety five which is like a thirteen thousand person like they just start playing huge venues like every yeah. they don't they don't go to small venues in, ever again really I mean they do you know for little one off shows here and but yeah 95 you're getting every big shed that summer I mean and, and then you know the fall is mostly big venues also I don't know it's interesting um so I think if you look at it by that, like the the crowd size and the venue size, this is probably the last time you're going to get to see them in a three thousand person venue. Concrete,
1: yeah. yeah, concrete
0: for for a long time.
1: It did feel um, that way too. I mean, I feel like you know I learned about them in like '93, and I felt like I was just learning about something that not everybody knew about. And then by '95, it felt like yeah, a lot more people. It just felt it felt different, I guess, because the size of the venues they're playing in. It felt like they were. Just as big as the dead, which they weren't, but they became that way quickly.
0: Well, and also, sorry, Megan, I just want to, I do want to say that just I'm looking quickly at 95 and in case anyone wants to get mad at me. They did play the Austin Music Hall in Austin, Texas was, is pretty small and I think like the, the Palace Theater in New Orleans but so there are exceptions but I think generally like out of market places Yeah, exactly they out of
2: market aren't going to test yeah. so I, play I,
0: I just want to say that there is nothing small in Texas
3: even if it doesn't have a large capacity
2: Well and even when they go back there now like Grand <laughs> Prairie what like 35 yeah. And like Yeah, yeah. Maybe may big but it's a it's a it's a modern theater it's definitely not a concrete theater it definitely has better aesthetics there's concrete
0: in think. there i guarantee it under that roof <laughs> there's got to be somewhere i got to say dude the, this is reminding me just a little bit of the conversations we've been having on undermine but like they played the palace you know that was my first show 102895 and that that place held 25,000 people so you go from Jeez. like yeah. 3000 to 25,000 within 10 months i mean it's yeah
1: like where you saw that in in detroit was like a couple hours from where i saw them a year before in a 2000 theater
0: right yeah so that so goose fans who are listening just just watch out because you know 2023 is going to be the last year and then suddenly they're going to be playing the palace of auburn hills which got knocked down but they'll find a a place like it
1: rj don't make these goose tickets harder to get jesus
2: and I'm hearing a lot of complaints fine. from people on the East Coast. I, meanwhile, I've got them playing 10 minutes up the road yeah. this, this weekend. I'm,
0: and that's going to really, be nice. Really excited. I know. We're
1: uh, not jealous. It's fine. I'm, uh, it's,
2: it's it's winter dicks, if you will.
0: It is. And I, no, wait.
1: Oh, God. <laughs>
0: oh, sorry. One, one, one last thing, Jonathan.
1: Cold Ryan day.
0: Storm has joined the chat, and Ryan Storm and his Storm Sound group of podcasts, including almost always, always there. Always almost there, Podcast, there which is, is about goose has officially joined the Osiris family. So
2: yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ryan awesome. and welcome
0: right welcome on to the welcome. So we'll have more of this, uh, more of this cross cross promo. Anyway, sorry, Jonathan, you were going to say something. Well, I was going to say that you know they yeah they
3: kept ping ponging in size. You know when I saw them in twelve one ninety five, it was a seven thousand some seat venue. Okay, so it wasn't all big, but Really, if going back to Brian's original question, I think I want to lean towards that New Year's 93 run as probably being the line. You have mm. you know Bender Arena and New Haven Veterans Memorial Coliseum as the openers for that run. And I mean, these places were small and not big. I mean, D.C., I guess, arguably a big market. But, you know, it ain't no New York City. So sorry, D.C. people. Oh, wait, I'm one, Um, you know, and they uh, and and as you mentioned, Brian, you know, Portland, Maine, this is not. This is not big time. The next year, it's Philly. It's a city that's not quite Boston because they go to Boston for New Year's and New York freaking city at MSG. That's big time market. So I I think that's at ninety three because after that you were hitting they were hitting the arenas they they played slightly bigger summer places and they were they were on the surge that's where the upswell is really going
2: yeah that's a good point yeah yeah well said. I mean it's Makes an interesting sense. conversation about where wherever that line is but I think it's it's somewhere around this period in time mm-hmm. where they're going to go from you know the, the irony is you can mention to I've mentioned to my 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 coworkers that I like fish, which is always a mistake. I don't know why I keep repeating it, but you know. Yeah. Um, and they have no idea who I'm talking about. They're like, oh, they're, they're, I'm like, they're kind of like the Grateful Dead. I'm like that's still like the line that I use. It's just like, just, just.
3: The, the Grateful just, what? It's like a right. Day, and right? then
2: they're like, I don't know who that is. I'm like, it's a bunch of.
3: They're
1: hitters. like, oh, the, the clothing um, <laughs> company?
2: <laughs> but like, they're still, they still have that ability to kind of, you have no idea who they are unless you're like wanting to search them out. But around this time was, you know, with the internet not being ever present in our lives, you you still had to kind of find out about them either in college or word of mouth or an older brother or something like that.
0: Well, I guess this leaves us with a very, very obvious question, which is Brian, are you going to come back again? Or is this like a one-time deal or what?
1: Yeah, what's up, Brian?
2: I'm 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 leaving that with you guys. You guys know I love talking fish with you, and I will I will come with stats and points and slightly controversial opinions, and I I will be back if you'll have me.
3: We'll have you.
1: Yes. I'm sorry, should bad. I
3: have played it cool and thought about it a minute? I
1: know. <laughs> I like we Just like, played our hand right away.
3: Yeah. No. We're not ashamed.
1: Yep. We love you, Brian. Love
0: We've you been saving your chair for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had a chair this time. Oh my god You're sitting in yeah. it right there.
0: <laughs> yep, amazing. Well, thank you, Brian. and Thank you, Megan, for for leading us through this 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 spirited discussion. It was fun.
1: Was this is great. really fun. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you'll be back, Brian. And this is like just like old times. It felt great.
2: I'm so and, happy um, to be here.
1: Yeah, we'll be back next week. Should we thank Sunset Lake CBD, RJ? I
0: think we should. I think we should. Do you want me to do it? Do you want me to thank Let's them?
1: Do, yeah, thanks. Do
0: it. Okay. So thank you to Sunset Lake C B D for sponsoring HF Pod. you all have heard about them, but we'll just tell you that their line of smokable hemp products are for the old deadhead or the young fish fan. I'm now I'm thinking back to our to our car, our road trip from nineteen ninety. <laughs>
1: 1994.
2: I want someone to draw a picture
1: like, oh. of this for us. It sounds so good.
0: <laughs> Lord, like, I need to dig up a picture. Of Megan what and my Jonathan hair looks are the, like are the old deadheads. Brian and <laughs> Brian the dead is the young fish fan searching for a mellow body I, high. That's probably <laughs> really old, <but>.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the real thing. Yeah. Smoking
0: Genesis. Smoking CBD has all the benefits of high THC cannabis without <laughs> some of the side effects. They had nine different strains from this year's harvest. They they have a lot of really cool stuff. We haven't talked a lot about the. The gummies that they have—I mean, they have tons of gummies—but the ones that they have that I know Megan likes that have melatonin—they're they're, they're perfect true. for sleep. Um, I took some tincture today when I took a nap. Um, just you, you got to do it. You took so. a
1: nap today?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a professional. Um, I mean, so you know, not long. Well, not long. <laughs> I, okay. I'm just gonna say. Well, I'll finish this ad read in a second, but I'll just tell you that I went to bed at 1:30. And was woken up by like my kids at 6 30. So, like, that's not, it's just not enough sleep. I guess no. that's how you're feeling, Megan. That's way it goes. It
1: is that's how it goes.
0: Um, but aside from my sleep habits, we do know that all the flour from Sunset Lake CBD is grown, cured, and trimmed by their farmers. They have a farm t- table approach. They get you great pricing on premium CBD and you get the packages really fast. It's the holiday season and Give your friends or family some Sunset Lake CBD. Go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off all products. Um, I bet that like, your friends and family will like you for sending them a few CBD products from Sunset Lake. So everyone should do that. That's all.
2: I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah. Sounds like a plan. It's a great gift.
0: Perfect. All right. It worked on these three. I hope it works on everybody else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll see everyone next week. Thanks for listening and thanks for being in the comments. Have a great night, everyone.
3: Bye-bye. Thanks, all.
0: Thanks,
2: everyone. Osiris. you do the same so if that sounds cool you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and i'll see you there
1: hi i'm Daniela clark i'm barbara ann wild and we are the honest af show